Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Sammy G, and as always, alongside me is the Doc. We are your everything source for college football in the state of Florida. Doc, how was your weekend? Uh, it was good, man. Any any weekend during the uh, college football season is a good weekend. You know, it's pretty much nonstop action from noon until uh, about 2 a.m., so you can't beat that. I would have to agree there. Uh, real quickly, let's give a uh, quick shout to our sponsor of the show. Oyster is located in the heart of Daytona Beach, that party district. <laughs> Catering to locals and tourists. I think for nearly 30 years. They the best. <laughs> the best environment for last work. <laughs> You don't come here to laugh. You don't need to come here. This is uh, this is quite the show here. Anyway, back to the Oyster Club. It's located in the heart of the. <laughs> I can't. Oh man, see that the You give the doc the controls, and look what happens, guys. That is something else. Anyway, the Oyster Club is located in the heart of Daytona Beach's party district, and has been catering to the locals and tourists alike for almost 30 years. They offer the best environment to enjoy live sporting events with 65-plus televisions serving up all the action. You're sure to find something to tempt your taste buds from their extensive food menu, offering finger foods all the way up to great <laughs> fresh steaks and fresh seafood. Do you love oysters? Have some freshly shucked raw or steamed or try their special recipe. The Oyster Pub located at 555 Seabreeze uh, Boulevard in Daytona Beach, Florida, across from Razzle's Nightclub. Oh, man, that was tough to get through, Doc. I got, I got to take the sound controls away from you. I make, I, we make the Doc the sound engineer, and all, all heck breaks loose here. Uh, oh, man, a little, little shout-out to the uh, Police Academy in the, in the 80s uh, comedy movies there. Oh, man, that was good. That was too funny. <laughs> oh, that was, a, that was a fun way to start this off here, and uh, we'll get back to the Oyster Bubble a little later in the show as well. But a lot of news this week, and we're going to start off with a few topics here. Randy Shannon, of course, with his first game as an interim coach. Uh, Derwin James, there might be a possible injury in Tallahassee. And uh, FAU, we'll talk about them blowing the spread against Marshall. And, of course, Miami trouncing uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, Randy Shannon, starting his first game as the interim head coach of the Florida Gators, traveled to Missouri, uh, to Columbia, Missouri, to uh, – Take on the uh, Missouri Tigers, and uh, I got to tell you, it, it didn't look great, and uh, it doesn't look like the kids are playing with a lot of passion out there, and uh, hopefully uh, they'll be able to pick it up and, and maybe possibly get into a bowl. As of this point, they're, they're not looking great, and uh, there, there's some there's some issues there in games, though. You know, you got to uh, you got to feel for all the uh, the Gator fans out there, and you know the, the the good thing is is that they can get into a bowl game with only five wins because they had the game canceled against Northern Colorado due to the hurricane. So they still can get into a bowl game and, and, and try to uh, get some experience, get the young guys some experience, and then and then obviously regroup for next season. But tough, tough season so far for him, no question. Definitely. Uh, Derwin James, uh, probably a first, I want to say top ten NFL draft pick coming up this season. Uh, obviously the best player in Tallahassee for the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, looked like he had a little injury during the game. Not sure how uh, 
how uh, bad it was. Uh, I know he has a history of some injuries. Uh, that's a guy they cannot afford to lose. Um, Doc, what do you know about his injuries in his past? Certainly somebody who's a uh, first-round talent. I know he missed uh, most of last season with a with an injury to his knee, and it, from what sounded like by all reports was a meniscus injury. And the fact that it took so long to come back from leads me to believe he had what's called a meniscus repair, where they actually go in and stitch the meniscus, and that usually takes four to six months to come back from. So he looks like he's come back well from it. I don't know if his injury this week is related to that or not, but obviously somebody in, in a potentially top ten pick uh, don't want to have a lot of knee problems going into the uh, the draft. No, I would agree. And, and those can hinder you. And, you know, ask a guy, what was, what was the kid's name from Notre Dame who, uh, who, who got, uh, was that Jalen Smith, I believe? Jalen Smith, knee, yep. Had some knee problems, and it kind of it shuffled him around the NFL draft uh, because of that. Uh, also, FAU. <laughs> now we took Marshall in that game, but FAU. An interesting story out of uh, out of Boca Raton was uh, the punter apparently kicks a ball to the back of the end zone while they were up. I believe the spread on this game, the line on this game was was six and a half. They were up by seven, and a play happened in which the punter takes the ball runs it and kicks it out of the back of the end zone, taking the taking the two-point loss, moving it to five, and allowing Marshall FAU to cover. So, I, and I'm yeah, not mistaken, know, the, I, I believe Lane Kippen talked about it as well, as well on Twitter. Yes, it's the most unbelievable thing. I mean, obviously, um, not, not, you know, not – condoning betting or talking about lines too much on this program but you know I think the spread like you said was six and a half and they were up by seven and then they took the the safety which I think based on game um game recognition and game play was a smart move because they were trying to burn some more clock um but it, it definitely flipped the spread and you know Lane Kiffin I, I don't know if this is allowed by the NCAA but Lane Kiffin commented on it obviously joking around but not real smart to have your head coach commenting on spreads and lines and, and whatnot, even if it was a joke. Yeah, and, and Ryan Rickle is the punter, and I'm guessing he is not going to be a favorite uh, in, in Las Vegas for anybody soon. So <laughs> let's, hope, uh, let's hope that doesn't affect him going forward. And definitely yeah, he, not. He, he may wake up with a, uh, with, a, with a horse stallion head in his bed or something like that and you know, doing those kind of moves. <laughs> That poor guy. The only time you care about kickers or punters is when you need them, unfortunately, and that's coming from somebody who's been around college football for a lot of years. That's uh, true. Let's, also, that's true. Let's, let's jump in also to uh, Virginia Tech and Miami. Uh, Miami, what, what do you think about those all-black uniforms, Doc? And I, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of alternative uh, alternative uniforms. Obviously, there are some classics um, that, that some, some schools have. But, you know, in this day and age, these, these 18-year-old kids, these recruits, they want all the bells and whistles and all the flash. And I think you have to stay with the uh, – with the James, with the Joneses, uh, and I'll, I'll refer to my seven-year-old son who uh, last year, in the uh, two years ago in the in the uh, playoffs, um, he looked at me and he said, "Dad, would you be upset if I went to Oregon?" And that is strictly because he thought the uniforms were cool and the mascots were cool, and it goes to show you that having those kinds of uh, things can really grab the attention of young kids and, and those who are, who are looking to make decisions on where they want to go. So I like them. They, they look cool, and I think, I think the uh, kids uh, probably like them as well. 
Oh yeah, man. And then, you know, believe it or not, those actually do, uh, they do a lot for recruiting as well. Uh, when somebody can see, you know, you, you're kind of keeping up with the times, the kids t- nowadays, you know, perception is reality. So they see a bunch of that stuff and it, it, sometimes it weighs in, which it shouldn't, but it does weigh in with, with recruiting, uh, when it comes to college football as well. Uh, once again, you're listening to uh three and out here on blog talk radio, your everything source for, uh, for college football in the state of Florida. Uh, once again, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Oyster Pub in Daytona Beach, Florida. <laughs> there it is. Uh, 555 Seabreeze Boulevard in Daytona Beach, Florida, right across the street from Razzle's Nightclub. Oyster Pub, one of the best sports bars uh, in Daytona Beach, offering over 65 televisions for you to watch any sporting event you can think of. Doc, have you been to the Oyster Pub? L- love the Oyster Pub, you know, and... Uh... Um, you know, I, I am a big fan of char-grilled oysters. I have been for the last probably 10 years, ever since I had them in New Orleans. And, and then I had them, and I, and I, you know, always get them when I go to New Orleans. There's a place called Drago's, which is in the Hilton in New Orleans. And I go there every time I'm in town. And then uh, about five years ago, I realized Oyster Pub had them as well. And they're pretty much just as good as the ones in New Orleans. So whenever I'm whenever I'm in town, obviously in Daytona, the uh, first thing I do is hit up uh, Oyster Pub and get some char-grilled oysters. They're, they are excellent. They are good, for sure. That is 100%. They are good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from all, all of our listeners this evening, we're actually having a call-in section tonight, too. So the number to call in, uh, we're going to get to calls probably in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, but our call-in number uh, is 657-383-1684. Again, that's 657-383-1684. Uh, Doc, we, we went through some games last week. We picked some winners. We picked some losers. Uh, let's go through a few of those now. Uh, we're going to start off with the University of Florida at Missouri. Uh, we, we both went with Florida, and uh, they, they actually lost in a major way, 45-16. to 16. Like I said, uh, it just doesn't look like the kids are playing in Gainesville anymore. Uh, you know, a lot of turnovers, mental mistakes. And uh, when you go to Missouri and lose, or, or, or if Missouri comes to you and lose, and you lose to Missouri, I, that, that's just another level uh, of football, I just think if you lose to Missouri, I mean, it looks like these kids just don't have it, and, and they're just kind of trying to going through the motions at this point. What, what did you see when you watched? Yeah, no, that that was certainly a tough loss uh, for the for the kids in Gainesville. Um, you know, like I said, hopefully they can pull off uh, two more wins here over the next four and still become bowl eligible. You know, having that bowl practice time is great for the younger kids and, and, and obviously the new coach coming in next season give them some momentum to turn things around. Definitely, definitely. Uh, next game, number 13 Virginia Tech at number 9 Miami and, uh, that, that We talked a little bit about it earlier in Miami. Uh, you know, we both, if I'm not mistaken, we both took Virginia Tech in this game as well. And uh, right now we're we're over two in our in our picks, but uh, twenty eight to ten Miami win, uh, moving them up uh, again to uh, to another undefeated. Uh, excuse me, they're they're now still no lost no lost team in the uh, in the country. Uh, but Miami, I'm going to tell you, they looked like they were on another level last night, and I don't know if it was because A Rod and J Lo were watching them, but um, these these guys were just playing well. Uh, offense, that Rozier kid, man, he he just he had a good game throwing the ball. It looked like they were picking on the on the corners a lot, throwing the deep ball, and getting a lot of pass interference calls uh, to go their way. And it's a couple of them, if not the majority, were on third down. Uh, but you know, th- like I said, they they played a pretty complete game last night. And um, I, I got to tell you that they look to be tough. And I know they got a big game this week. But 
But they look good. They look good. Yeah, I got to tell you, any time that, uh, you know, if I were playing in front of J-Lo, I'd be playing pretty hard myself. So that probably certainly helped help the, kid, the kids down there. But, uh, you know, Miami, I, I am uh, I'm, I'm shocked, you know. Mark Rick coming from Georgia, you know, I, I didn't think that they could get the recruits and the kids to come there. You know, they're playing in a stadium that's 30, 30 minutes from their campus. They're playing in the Dolphin Stadium, you know, historically very low turnout. And, and they, I don't know what – they have found something that works, and, and they're, they're doing well. That, that place looked like it was rocking. And, you know, I got Uncle Luke's tweeting left and right about them. So, you know, the, the, the fan base down there is fired up. And, you know, anytime having Florida State, Florida, and Miami good in college football – is uh is 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 very important um for uh for the state of florida definitely and you know they got those uh you mentioned uh luke watching and and they had that turnover necklace i don't know if you've seen that thing that big gold chain that luke and the two live crew used to wear <laughs> and those guys those guys are trying to get that chain with turnovers every single time they can um and, and as long as they keep playing hard and getting those turnovers somebody's gonna keep wearing that chain every weekend uh, next game we got was Syracuse at FSU. Uh, FSU pulls out the win, last second field goal missed by Syracuse, and uh, it was a it was a pretty good hard fought game by the Seminoles yesterday. Um, they got a running back at that school named Akers, who's a true freshman, and uh, th- this kid was unbelievable. He he rushed for over 200 yards or just around 200 yards yesterday. Uh, they, he played pretty well. Uh, Syracuse, they had a quarterback issue earlier in the game. They had the backup come in for almost a quarter and a half after, like, the first series. I, there must have been an injury. But I got to tell you, the freshman quarterback at Syracuse, he's pretty good as well. Uh, it was a pretty hard-fought game in the end. A last-second field goal um, miss was, was was the difference. But I will tell you this, uh, right before the half dock, it was about three seconds left. Syracuse had the ball in the Florida State one. And uh, they had about three seconds on the clock, and instead of kicking a field goal and getting three points, they went for the touchdown and did not get it, and they came away with zero. That, my friend, was the tell of the game, and they could have been kicking for the win and not the tie. Unfortunately, they missed and they got the loss. Yeah, you know, obviously I didn't play uh, football uh, to the level that you did, and I'm not a scout now, but I do know one thing. If if you can get points, you got to take points. And if you leave points on the board – or leave points on the field, that's the easiest way to lose. So uh, not getting those points came back and haunted them. You know, I think we all – they realize that now. But, you know, you got to respect the aggressiveness. It's just it was poor poor game management to, to allow the, the clock to run down. I agree. And uh, also, next game on the list – oh, by the way, we're, we're 0-3 in picks so far. So just so you know, we, we, haven't, we haven't picked anything right so far except for this one. Uh, and yeah, this so one to, was, all, to all of our all of our listeners out there, you can uh, pretty much uh, just pick the opposite of what we say here, uh, and you should do pretty well. So uh, that, that and uh, make sure again, we'll tell you the call in number for those of you who are listening: six five seven three eight three one six eight four. Please give us some call call with some questions, and uh, we'll go from there. Definitely. Uh, number 15, UCF at SMU. And, Doc, we both took UCF, but we both did say that this would not be a pushover game. Tell me about it. You know, this was a game that I was really uh, interested to watch. You got two young uh, coaches who are very offensive-minded who are on a lot of people's 
shortlist uh, to be the next head coach, and I was really curious to see who would come up, come on top. And I also was impressed to hear Scott Frost had a his wife is soon to go into labor with their first kid, and he had a, a plane and a booster ready to go, and he was going to leave the game if he had to if his wife went into labor. So you got to respect that. But uh, that was fun to watch. We got. Um, you know, we got uh, both teams were, were, were shucking the ball up and down the field. And, you know, that kind of reminded me of the days of the fun and gun uh, in Gainesville with, uh, with Spurrier. Oh, well, you know, the Scott Frost comes from that uh, uh, Oregon offense where that's all they did. They just threw the ball and had some fun. And, and that's a good way to get kids there, too. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, – Doc, we talked about this guy and what he's been doing over there at Florida – or, excuse me, at UCF. And uh, this is a great, another great way to get kids there. When, when you're scoring 70 points a game or 60 points a game, uh, kids, kids want to do that. They want to go to a place like that where they can go in and, and score points and get on the field and, and just have a fun time playing football. And that's what he's created over there in, in Orlando. Uh, yesterday's star, uh, Adrian Killens, uh, is a Daytona Beach mainland product. This kid is a true sophomore, I believe, 14 carries for 147 yards and and, and he had two touchdowns, uh, also had some receiving yards as well. Um, but, I mean, the kid was just unbelievable, and, and he was definitely the star of the show for uh, for UCF yesterday. Moving forward. He's a heck of an athlete, too. Moreta. He has got some he, – he's, he's, uh, he's from Daytona, right? Is, is that what we said? Yeah, Daytona Beach, Mainland, yes, sir. Yeah, he, he is one of the fastest kids in the country. He, he is impressive. And uh, yeah, he was, how he got how, how he got away from uh, some of the other big schools is beyond me. Yeah, sometimes not 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 everybody swings and hits a home run in the recruiting game. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's move forward here. Uh, USF at UConn. Uh, this was a trouncing. Just so you know, uh, it got close in the end. Uh, USF, excuse me, USF and and UConn. USF, I think, had their their backups in in, in the second second half, maybe early second half. Um, but this game was a 30, excuse me, 37 to 20 win for USF. Um, UConn wasn't even in the game at all until the very end, like the fourth quarters. Uh, this was just a no brainer for USF and they continue to roll. You know, it's really striking how there are some schools that uh, have, uh, uh, powerhouse programs in, in basketball and other sports, but just never materialize in football. And then UConn is one of them. You would think, you know, the Northeast is sort of starving for a, a college football uh, powerhouse. You know, Rutgers had a couple of good years. You have Penn State, obviously, is kind of in the Northeast. But I just don't understand why UConn can't build a program there that, like they do in women's basketball or, or men's basketball or even baseball has had some good good years there. But uh, nonetheless, the boys from the South, they come up there and they just run run havoc on them. Definitely. And uh, the last game we're going to talk about is the Marshall uh, FAU game. Uh, FAU pulls out the win with that thirty to twenty five over Marshall. Uh, I I think we both we both took Marshall in this game. Uh, so again, that is a uh, another game that we got right. So far, we've only got two right, but that's okay. Uh, FAU, uh, these guys might be for real, man. Lane, Lane Kiffin's doing a lot of work down there, and that Marshall team that they beat was no pushover. And uh, I truly thought that Marshall would go in there and kind of wipe the floor with them. But FAU played played hard, and Lane Kiffin's got his kids going, and, and good for them down there in Boca Raton. Yeah, I was just hoping Marshall could win so I could say Marshall, 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 like uh, Chris Berman from uh, when Marshall Falk was scoring touchdowns. But, yeah, Lane Kiffin is doing some good things there. And, you know, uh, 
the, the, the sad part is you can tell he wants, you know, he wants to use this as a springboard. It's got to be tough for a fan base to build that. You know, he's always, if you look at him on Twitter, he's always following players from teams when, when their head coaches leave, you know, so he's obviously looking to, to take another step, but, but he's a, he's an offensive minded guy and, and uh, they're doing well. So, you know, again, it's always good for the state of Florida to have all the programs doing well. No question. Gotcha. And uh, just to give out the other scores from the rest of the state of Florida, uh, FIU won 14 to seven over uh, university of Texas, San Antonio, Bethune Cookman 41 to 28 win over Morgan state. Uh, Florida Tech took the loss against West Georgia at home. Uh, the Stetson had the fighting Stetson Hatters took a loss from Butler at home, 23 to six. Jacksonville University with the win, 20 to 17 over Valparaiso. FAMU playing Howard in a HBCU matchup. I think that's a MEAC conference game right there. Uh, that's a 37 to 26 loss. West Florida loses to North, excuse me, beats North Alabama, 30 to seven. Weber International gets the win, 42 to 10 over Ave Maria, and number 13 ranked Southeastern University beat Edward Waters by a small 72 to 12 margin. And yes, I said that correctly, 72 to it's 12. Great. You know, it's great that we get to to mention you know all the college football uh, schools in, in this great state. You know, all the way down um, Division two, one AA. Um, you know, all these different conferences. Cause there, there are some really good athletes in the state of Florida that end up at smaller schools, and, and they, they deserve the recognition just like every all the big schools get as well. I agree. And, you know, I'm an NAIA product, and, and I would be, uh, I'd be in trouble if I didn't mention any of my NAIA programs here in the state of Florida. We, and, you know, most people, like you said, they don't, they don't know anything past the University of Florida, Florida State, Miami, uh, and in some cases uh, Bethune-Cookman and, and Jacksonville and Stetson. Uh, but we have about five or six NAIA schools in the Division II program, uh, two Division II programs that do pretty well here uh, in the state of Florida. Um, so yeah, you know, I, uh, no, I want to call call attention to uh, FIU. You know, they're 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 getting kind of overlooked because uh, they don't have kind of the, the big flashy <clears throat> offense that FAU and and UCF has. But but uh, Butch Davis. You know, the national championship winning coach in the University of Miami is the head coach at FIU. And I believe uh, they are 6-2 and two or 7-2 and two right now. Um, and, and they are also doing very well. So that FIU-FAU matchup, which is historically the, the last game of the season for those two programs in the past, has been at uh, Pro Player Stadium. Uh, could be a very intriguing matchup. Uh, Butch Davis versus uh, Lane Kiffin. Uh, down there in Miami, um, you know, and again, you know, FIU, for those of you who may not know, has had some guys come out and go into the NFL, T.Y. Hilton, um, probably the most well-known to come out of there, um, but but they're a program down in Miami that over the last couple of years may have benefited from the, the hurricane struggling as far as their ability to recruit. That's a great point, and, and they're going to continue to get better, like you said. They're, you know, they're just one or two pieces away. Uh, from really, really turning that thing around. And Butch Davis is obviously at the, at the head of that is, has really done a great job. Uh, once again, you're listening to uh, Three and Out on Blog Talk Radio, uh, your everything source for college football in the state of Florida. Uh, once again, I'd like to mention our, our sponsor, Oyster Pub, over in Daytona Beach. That, that song's never going to get old. Uh, the Oyster Pub, located in the heart of Daytona Beach Party District, has been catering to locals and tourists alike for over 30 years. Simply, they offer the best environment to enjoy live sporting events with over 65 televisions, 
serving up all the action. You're sure to find something to taste your taste buds, your temperature taste buds there with their extensive menu offering simple finger foods all the way up to great steaks and fresh seafood. And if you like oysters, freshly shucked, raw or steamed, or try some of their special recipe oysters, Oyster Pub located at 55 Seabreeze Boulevard in Daytona Beach, Florida, right across the street from Razzle's Nightclub. All right, Doc, let's, uh, the new polls are out. And, uh, you know, we talked about the polls and where we thought or if we thought UCF would get any love in them. Uh, last week, Miami, or excuse me, this week, Miami moved up to seven in the AP, six in the coaches poll, and 10th in the playoff poll. That used to be the BCS poll, I'm guessing, or the BCS poll. And UCF, up to 14, they moved one spot. One spot for UCF, poor guys, uh, in the AP, and uh, 12th in the coaches poll. And they're 18th in the playoff poll. 18th for an undefeated UCF team. And let's talk about it a little bit because I, I, I'm going to guess, and let's start with UCF because, you know, we both are big fans of what Scott Frost has done there in Orlando. Uh, I, I don't think they're getting any respect, and, and we're going to have to point this finger directly at uh, at the schedule. Uh, there's no other way to there's no other way to do it. A team, the guys are blowing people out. They're scoring a ton of points, and they just can't get any love. You know, it's going to be very hard for them to uh, to make it into the uh, the college football playoff. And, you know, that, that's just a reflection of, of who they play, and that's just the nature of the beast. But it doesn't lessen uh, what they've been able to do and what they might be able to do this season. You know, a couple of years ago they made it in, uh, made it to the Fiesta Bowl when Blake Bortles was their quarterback, and, and, and that's great for the fan base. You know, UCF's got a huge fan base. I think it is the biggest school in the entire uh, nation as far as uh, – number of people that go there now a lot of them live in the you know kind of commuters in this in the area but nonetheless biggest um uh, enrollment and, and, and a large alumni base so you know you gotta you gotta be happy to see them do well um but they they've got no chance to make it into the playoffs and then you know coach spurrier came out of record saying if they go undefeated they should be in but i think you got to prove a little bit that you deserve to be there as far as who you played to, to, to get that uh that that invite in my opinion yeah, you know, it's unfortunate for the kids, though, because, Doc, they don't make the schedule. They just play the games that are on it. Uh, you know, and it's, you know, their conference, they're not in the, the, the most high-powered conference, you know, and I say that it used to be that, you know, those Temples and, and USFs and Houstons, those were those were good programs, you know, but this year they've gone down just a tad, and, and it's really hurting a team like UCF because they deserve to get more recognition. And like you said, the kids that they have on the t- on the field, I mean, these kids are just, you know, like you said, Adrian Killen's probably the best, if not one of the best players in, in all of college football. And uh, they're not going to get the recognition they deserve, unfortunately, which is a sad, sad state of events because they deserve to uh, they deserve to get some more recognition. And, and I think, I think personally, they're 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 better than some of the top ten teams right now. And I'll, and I'll stick to that. So hopefully they'll get some love here. Yeah, there's nothing they showed me to to, uh, to to refute that opinion. You know, I, I think that this is a good argument for why you need to look at eventually expanding ex- expanding the playoff system. I think if you went to eight teams, um, you know, you obviously get the five Power Five conference champions would get in there, and then that leaves you three at-large teams. And I, I think you would make you you would make some sort of rule. Where if you get a um, you know group of five, which is the non-power five conferences, if somebody makes it through undefeated, then, then they should get one of those at-large spots, and and I, and I think maybe down the road we'll get that. But but right now, 
Um, you know, it's still a lot of brand recognition goes a long way. I mean, look, look at Ohio State, how they were almost back in the top four after getting smoked by Oklahoma in the beginning of the season. And that's really based because of the, the power of brand recognition on, on the thought process of those who, who do the voting. Yes. And the Miami Hurricanes, uh, they moved up a little bit here with the win over Virginia Tech. Uh, what, what do you think about Miami there, Doc? Well, you know, I think that uh, this is basically a play-in game here uh, uh, coming up against uh, Notre Dame, the old, the old Catholics versus the convicts, which I'm sure in this day and age is politically incorrect to say, but I'm still going to think of it that way because that's how it was uh, 20 years ago. But this, this game basically, uh, in my opinion, has now become a, a, a playoff game to get into the, to the playoffs, basically. The winner of this game should be in the top four. Uh, uh, at this point in the season. So this, this is a huge game, and uh, Miami, control, they control their own destiny because they're probably going to, if they win this game, they're probably going to get Clemson uh, in the, in the, in the uh, ACC championship game, which also, in theory, could be a play-in game. So uh, Miami controls their own destiny, destiny to get in there. I agree. And once again, you're listening to uh, Three and Out on the Blog Talk Radio. Uh, please give us a call at 657-383. One six eight four. Again, that's six five seven three eight three one six eight four. Doc, we got a lot of games coming up this week. Uh, we'll run through them real quick and let's take some, make some picks and get ready. Uh, you ready for this? this? This has always been fun. We didn't do too well last week, but we'll, we'll try to we'll try to do a little better for our for our listeners here. Let's uh, do it. Let's see. All right. First, we're going to start off with uh, with the Florida Gators. And uh, they're going to play South Carolina at South Carolina. I, I, I'm going to take yeah. South Carolina in this game. I got to tell you, uh, you know, I watched them play against Georgia a little bit yesterday, and uh, and uh, they did uh, they did some good things. You know, I, I think they're going to they might trounce Florida just like they got trounced in Missouri. You know, you, you got the fighting must champs who are going to have a lot of uh, emotion. Um, in this game, uh, because of, of of their head coach, you know, I I'm still gonna gonna stick with uh, you know my my attachments and, and who I was a kid growing up. I I follow the Gators and I'm still stick with them. But this is this one uh, this one's not gonna be easy. Definitely. And uh, also, we're gonna, so so. Let me ask you this, Doc. Who are you taking in that game? <laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Gators, but. Uh, but my 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 confidence is 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 becoming uh, shattered as the season goes along. <laughs> All right. Next we got Notre Dame at Miami. We just said it's going to be a playing game. We know both teams. Uh, Brian Kelly's going to have these guys ready to go down in South Florida. Uh, you know, I like the game because of the coaches. You got two head coaches, Brian Kelly, uh, and, and the coach of Miami. Um, slips my mind. Give it to me. Coach of Miami is Mark Rick. Mark Rick, I don't know why it slipped my mind. Mark Rick and, and Brian Kelly going head to head at each other. This couldn't be a better matchup, and I'm guessing this is going to be the could be the game of the year, but definitely going to be the game of the week. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to say, but I'd have to go with the home team in this one. I'm going to take the Canes. Catholics versus the convicts. That's all you need to say. Um, you know, I, I again that was a great atmosphere last week. In Miami and and being being Florida guys, we're gonna stick with the Florida program, and hopefully you're gonna hear a lot of this. 
It's a hurricane warning down in South Florida as the Canes take out the Catholics. Oh, the Docs going with the Canes. That's that's another good pick. So far, so good. We're we're, we're, we're off a little bit, but we'll see what happens here. Uh, next, we're going to have FSU, Florida State Seminoles, at the number four Clemson Tigers. Oh, excuse me. At the yeah, at the number four Clemson Tigers. I'm guessing this won't be close, but you never know how that goes. Uh, Florida State, I, I think they're going to have a tough time. I love them, but they're going to have a tough time at Clemson. Uh, I'm going to go with Clemson Tigers. Yeah, I don't see any way that uh, Florida State survives this one, so Clemson for sure. UConn at number 14, UCF. UConn just trounced by USF. Now with the number 14, UCF Knights. Uh, I got to tell you, UCF in a big way, I think they're going to score 50, maybe 60 points. Yeah, UCF's going to boat race them on this one, and, and it's not even close. So, uh, uh, Sammy G, let's, uh, before we get too much into the other uh, picks, uh, we have a caller uh, waiting. Uh, maybe we should go to them and get get their uh, question and their thoughts. Sure. We can, we got a caller from area code 386, 386 Fun, the Daytona Beach area. Caller, uh, where are you from? What's your name? Hey, guys, this is John from Daytona, long-time listener, first-time caller. How are you guys? <laughs> hey, John, doing great. How are you? Doing good. Uh, my question is about the Florida Gators. So, is there, like, uh, have you guys heard any news about a new head coach or, like, who are the leading candidates as of right now? Yeah, well, that's a great question, question, John. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead Sammy G. Oh, yeah. No, there's there's a lot of names circling around that job right now. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, Dan Mullins from Mississippi State, Mike Norvell from Memphis, uh, Matt Campbell uh, from Iowa State. And uh, I know the Florida faithful are hoping that Scott Frost is going to be on that list at some point. Uh, but those are kind of the names that are circling around. And we think if they stay in-house, there's a possibility that Randy Shannon may stay on. Uh, but, you know, we're not quite sure. Uh, Doc, what do you think about that? You know, I, I really think they got to get somebody who's gonna who's gonna put some points on the board and get the fan base excited again. So, any of those names that uh, have offensive uh, sort of uh, backgrounds, I think, uh, would, would be a good good safe bet. Two, two, names, I haven't heard yet. Two, two names I haven't heard yet are uh, uh, Chip Kelly and uh, Charlie Strong. Are they being mentioned at all? You know, I'd heard that Chip Kelly was a possibility, but I also heard that he's in the running for the Tennessee job. I know he's a name that circled at Tennessee. Uh, Charlie Strong, he does have some ties, obviously, to the University of Florida. Um, he's over there in Tampa now, USF. He would be also a, probably another candidate. Uh, but Charlie Strong is is more of a defensive guy, uh, and I think the University of Florida needs a guy to come in and put points on. Chip Kelly, though, would fit that description. Uh, but I hear his name more in Knoxville than I do in Gainesville. I know that the, uh, the, the, the SEC came up with a ruling, I believe this year, where if they hire any coach that has a um, has a ruling against them as far as violations, they have to get the commissioner to sign off on them. So Chip Kelly had what's called a show clause when he left Oregon for recruiting violation, and that just – um, that just uh, resolves, but he has to get approved by Commissioner Greg Sankey if any team in the SEC hires him. But very good questions, John, from Daytona. We do appreciate you calling in and, and being a long-time listener. Keep up listener. the show, guys. I love it. Yeah, I'm going to be around a long time. I love it. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Thank man. You. We appreciate it. Right, Have a great bye-bye. night. Thank you. All right, bye. 
Appreciate it. All right, let's get back to our picks here. Uh, USF is going to be off this week. It's strange that they have an off game, that they're off week so late in the season, uh, but it's good for them because they're going to get come back strong. Uh, I think they only have maybe two games left, and one of them is UCF, so they're going to need all the rest they can get to come to, come to Orlando and play them. Uh, FAU takes on Louisiana Tech uh, this week, and they're at Louisiana Tech. And, and I have a friend here that loves Louisiana Tech for some reason. He loves this guy who played there years ago. His name is Tim Rattay. He swears up and down that Tim Rattay is the greatest quarterback that's ever graced Louisiana Tech uniform. I'm going to take Louisiana Tech just for him in this FAU matchup. What do you got, Doc? Uh, I believe Skip Holtz is still the coach there, if I'm not mistaken, which is Lou Holtz's son. Um, didn't Tim Rattay, didn't he play quarterback in the league for a while? He did. He played for the San Francisco 49ers, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And who also, you know, else played quarterback um, there? A guy by the name of Terry Bradshaw. So that's kind of a uh, quarter, quarterback you. But uh, nonetheless, I'm going to go with uh, FAU and, Lane, and the fighting Lane Kiffins. Oh, there you go. All right, just real quick, uh, Old Dominion at FIU. Again, we mentioned FIU, FIU, Butch, uh, Butch, David, Butch Davis, correct? I get confused to him and Butch Jones. But Butch Davis at FIU, they are, uh, they are doing very well. And uh, I'm going to go FIU. Yeah, I like FIU and Old Dominion. I don't know has the talent to uh, to play with FIU and their athletes. And every time I say that, I'm wrong. So if you if you like Old Dominion, this might be the week. But I'm going to go with FIU as well. Uh, Bethune Cookman plays North Carolina Central in a MEAC conference game. Uh, I'm going to take the Fighting Wildcats because these guys can play. I've seen them play a couple times this year. They got a pretty explosive offense and they've got a defense that that can get to the ball. Uh, they have one of the best safeties uh, in the MEAC uh, uh, playing, and, and I think that he's, I believe his name is Daquan Richardson. Um, this kid can play. He's all over the field. He's a little undersized as a safety, but he makes plays all over the field. Uh, I'm going to go with Bethune-Cookman. You know, I, I've said I don't know them as well as you do, but uh, you've scouted them. You know their players. I, I trust your your judgment, but being a, uh, a Daytona Beach guy, I'm also going uh, Bethune-Cookman all the way. All right. Let's uh, we got a phone call coming in. Let's go to the lines real quick. Hey caller, how you doing? What's your name? Where are you from? Hey guys, this is Mikey from Ormond Beach. How are y'all? I'm good. How are you doing, Mikey? Mikey? How are you? I'm doing great. Um, question about Florida State. Is Jimbo Fisher in trouble? Like is it uh, that's, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I was in Tallahassee this past weekend and a lot of the a lot of the fan base uh, much like the University of Florida, these these guys aren't very happy. Uh, but I will tell you that he may have saved a little bit of a little bit of his job this weekend by getting a win against Syracuse. Uh, I, I don't know about next week after Clemson, but uh, this week uh, he I, I still think he's a little bit on the hot seat. I think it might be I think it just might be warm right now, uh, Mike. But it, I definitely think it could get hot after this Clemson loss. And if they can't beat the University of Florida, it could even get worse. Well, you, you know what? I, I, I don't, you know, there's two teams that aren't playing very well, and that, that's going to be a game of uh, of epic proportion. You know, there's still a little bit of bragging rights that could go on, so you might see some good football, or you may not. I, I think they got a better offense than Florida has a than Florida has a better defense, and I think their defense is better than Florida's offense. So I, I 
I'm going to say that they are going to beat Florida, but again, it's a rivalry game, and you never know what's going to happen down the line. Yeah, well, Doc, what do you Mike, got? You know, Mike, the uh, Jimbo's got a forty million dollar buyout after he renegotiated his contract after I believe uh, two seasons ago. So he's not going under any anytime soon unless you got forty million dollars that you can buy him out with. Because otherwise, it's not happening anytime soon. Well, I got forty dollars. I want Bobby back. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people would like Bobby to come back. We appreciate you calling. Messing Thanks with you lot. guys. Have a great show. Have a great show. Thanks. Love you guys. Thanks, Thanks. buddy. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, back to our scores here. Our games. Uh, FAMU is on a bye this week. Another late bye. Uh, we got Florida Tech at Delta State. Uh, Florida Tech Division Two matchup here. Uh, they're going to Delta State. Uh, I'm going to take Delta State in this matchup because I don't know the Florida Tech has what it takes to go up there and win a game. I'm going to go Delta State because it sounds pretty cool. <laughs> a boy. All right. Uh, West Florida at West Georgia. West Georgia is a pretty good team. The Argos, that's the West Florida Argos, Division Two school. They, too, are going to be on the road to uh, West Georgia, and I think West Georgia is going to be uh, taking them uh, on a ride as well. Uh, and I'm guessing you're going to go with that because you think it sounds cool? It sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, big Florida matchup here, big uh, Central Florida matchup. Stetson traveling to Jacksonville to play the JU Dolphins. Uh, Stetson just came off a loss. JU just came off a win against Valparaiso. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the JU Dolphins based on the fact that they're on a hot streak right now. Well, I believe Kerwin Bell is still their head coach. Is is, is that correct? I know you've scouted them again this year as well. Am I uh, correct in that uh, assumption? No, he is not there, actually. Uh, oh, well, I'm not quite, yeah, he moved on, I believe. Well, he, anyway, either way, you know, that he was the quarterback in Florida prior to uh, Spurrier, known as the Throwing Mayoan, because he's from Mayo, Florida. And even if he's not there, I'm still going JU, even though. I grew up playing uh, playing on uh, Stetson's uh, baseball uh, uh, field back in the day, but I'm going JU there. Oh, wow. Good for you. Uh, all right. A couple more games here. NEIA games. Ave Maria at uh, number 13, Southeastern. Uh, I'm guessing uh, they will not be singing Ave Maria after this game. I'm going to take the number 13, <laughs> uh, Southeastern University Fire. Yeah, and that's I, their I name. Think, uh, I think if I'm correct, uh, the guy from Papa John started Ave Maria University, so they're going to need uh, they're going to need to drown themselves in a bunch of breadsticks and garlic sauce after this one because Southeastern is going <laughs> to going to hurt them pretty bad. That's pretty funny. Uh, Ed Waters traveling to Faulkner University. Ed Waters just lost by seventy something points. Uh, I'm going to guess that Faulkner is going to do possibly the same. I'm going to take Faulkner in that one as well. Uh, I agree. I agree. And we uh, and we got another call one. here again, again from the Daytona Beach area uh, that we may want to go to. Yeah, we'll take one oh. more call here. Caller, what's your name? Where are you from? Hey guys, this is Tony from Palm Coast. How you guys doing? <laughs> hey Tony, hey, how, are you? how are you? Great. My question is: Do you guys like the college football overtime versus the pros overtime? I, I do. Yes. Yeah. Good, go good ahead, question. Thanks. Uh, I like it because <laughs> it forces you to have to have a winner. I love the fact that they got to go for two after the third overtime. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Doc. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad they changed the NFL rule where, you know, you at least couldn't get a field goal to win because that seemed like that was a pretty cheap way out. But, you, you know, if it was up to me, I would have the college overtime uh, all the way. There you go. Thanks, thanks Tony. Appreciate your call. Thank you. I think we right, have enough, just enough time for our senior spotlight, Sammy, and then one more uh, kind of return to our sponsors, and then we're going to be out of time here. So if you want to quickly it. mention our, our our senior spotlight. Yeah, definitely. This week we're going to spotlight wide receiver uh, from the University of Miami, Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios, 5'9", 180 receiver. Uh, on the year, 35 catches, 465, and seven touchdowns. This guy is a route running machine. He un, un he can't can't guard him. Uh, he he breaks free. I don't want to give him the stereotype of the Edelmans and Welkers of the world, uh, but I, I maybe a Tavon Austin. But this kid is going to be something else. He's quick twitch, good feet, runs great routes, catches the ball. He returns kicks and punts. Uh, this Braxton is our guy. Well, that's it for tonight. We want to thank everybody for listening. Hopefully, we'll get you back on next Sunday. And uh, thanks a lot. We'll see you soon. We didn't get our outro. We didn't get our method man.